Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. <laughs> so good to see your face, Carolina. Yeah. So happy to see you again, guys. It's been a while. So how's everyone doing? Good. What's your cat's oh, name? Tina Turner. Oh, <laughs> Tina. Tina. Oh my God, she is loud, isn't because she? Because she's a singer. Yeah, she is a singer. <laughs> That's a really good name. <laughs> so she'll be she'll be performing for us throughout the podcast today. For those who are not familiar, which would be pretty much everyone that hasn't ever been on the call, Carolina is our Argentina representative. You yes. you can be the book, three book girls ambassador for Argentina. Yay! It will be my pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> can we talk about the dumbass that is the Secretary of Education for the state of Oklahoma? Oh my because God. I what <laughs> All right, we have to talk about this. Okay, I'm sure everybody's seen no social oh, media now. I would think so. About well, the teacher in Norman who... Which is in like middle southern Oklahoma it's City. It's actually so the most, like, it's the most liberal city in Oklahoma. Okay, it's Norman, Oklahoma. It's the place where OU campus is located. And this last week, a teacher at school shared with her students a QR code for the Brooklyn Public Library so that they could download whatever books they want to read that they couldn't get in their school library. Well, Well, in the the QR code doesn't even like send you until it sends you to like a lit, like a, like resources about banned books. Right. So what happened immediately thereafter is the teacher got suspended from school and then of course, it went viral almost immediately because I'm sure she put it on social or somebody did. And it, the rumor was flying around that she got fired. Well, later that day, it came out that she decided, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm out. I quit. So she quit her job. Correct. Then a couple of days later, the Secretary of Education for Oklahoma wrote... On social, I'm pulling it up. Okay. I'm pulling it up for okay. us because it's so good. Yeah, you've got to read it. Wrote on yeah. social this lovely message. So this comes from Mr. Ryan Walters. Dick. Office of the Secretary of Education for the state of Oklahoma. Public enemy number one, as far as I'm concerned at the moment. In light of recent events leading to the subsequent firing, which is incorrect, she resigned, but whatevs, uh, firing of Norman, a high school English teacher, and I'm not going to say her name because you can Google it if you want to know. Right. I am asking the Oklahoma Board of Education to revoke her teaching certificate immediately. There is no place for a teacher with a liberal political agenda in the classroom. By her providing access to banned and pornographic material to students is unacceptable. And we must ensure she doesn't go to another district and do the same thing. This action must be dealt with swiftly and with respect to all of our kids and parents. Teachers are one of our state's greatest assets, and it is unfortunate that one of them has caused such harm and shame on the entire profession. This type of behavior will not be tolerated in Oklahoma. 
And I speak for parents across the state who are demanding swift and immediate action. Kids first, Ryan Walters, Oklahoma Secretary of Education. Dick. Go to fucking hell, dude. Seriously. Oh, somebody's looking for a witch hunt. There's a witch hunt. Now listen, the books, the banned books that we're referring to are, for example, The Diary of Anne Frank was on that list. I don't know how Argentina feels about book banning. What's their stance on that? There are certain books that are banned basically because there are certain countries that don't agree with those ideas and they think they're revolutionary. They don't like that because maybe people can get ideas and it's not a great example to Ah, yes. people. Well, I think most countries do have some books that would be on that list. I'm not really sure how, where everybody stands on the whole anarchist handbook. Isn't that one of the ones that shows you how to make bombs and shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of against that book. I, Megan, you're totally muted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it is. I, I, I don't have a problem with teachers not giving kids toolkits how to build bombs in school. I'm okay with that. The, the thing is, I mean... With the advent of the internet, you can't really ban that kind of knowledge. True. You can get on yeah. the internet, and if you're, I'm sure if you're willing to uh, make your search history even more interesting than some of our other topics have made Keith's <laughs> search history, yeah, uh, you can. I'm sure you can find out how to do about anything in the terms of. Well, the funny thing to, to me is, it's um, okay for 18 year olds to purchase and carry guns in public, assault weapons, <laughs> but yeah. yet. It's too dangerous to allow them to read the diary of Anne Frank. Is that how old kids well, are? Well, I mean, for 18. Come on! They're, they're right about one thing. Ideas are the most dangerous things out there. That's right. true. I will say I was pleasantly surprised with the replies to his tweet. I really was like, oh, it's going to be, be a whole bunch of people being like, yeah, you! All, and like, um, and granted, yeah. I feel like yeah, yous are not probably the people on Twitter. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, I was pleasantly surprised reading the replies of people being like, bro, you're a fucking idiot. Like, he's going to so get voted out. I hope to God. He I gets can't voted fucking out. wait till November. I don't care who's running against him. It's not going to be his ass. Well, and then I just saw, so I'm deep down the rabbit hole of the replies on Twitter. And then someone said, funny, he's so focused on making sure teachers don't have books with inappropriate themes, but he didn't notice that the man he's paying to be his campaign manager has sexually assaulted children. And then it shows his mugshot and his charges. <gasps> Seriously? Wow. Oh, yes. I did. Charges, not. lewd or indecent proposals uh, or acts to children. That's our Secretary of Education's campaign manager, everyone. Welcome to Oklahoma. As if I couldn't get any more disgusted. Thanks, Megan. I don't ever like politically tweet things. And I like literally tweeted at him and I was like, Listen here, fuckface. <laughs> you, you done pissed Megan off now. Yeah, I, I wrote it. I, and of course, like, he's not going to acknowledge anybody's tweets. But I said, huh, doesn't our secretary of education have more to worry about than a teacher giving a leak of banned books, which are probably better than what books are actually taught? Like uncertified teachers in classrooms and Oklahoma being, Oklahoma being 48th in education. I'm going to make a small disclosure here. It's insane how different our countries are mm -hmm. because I think that you are in your fucking right to be feel disgusted by this whole this situation mm -hmm. but here's like another day in our lovely country <laughs> yesterday someone tried to murder 
the vice president of Argentina. Oh, yeah. oh I saw that yep. on the news. They they pointed a you gun were... right point blank in her, her face. face. Yes, I saw that. And what? they they what? actually pulled the trigger, but they didn't. But the bullet didn't fire. Got stuck on the chamber, and it didn't fire. Holy shit, Carolina! Uh, it was insane. I don't like this woman. I don't like what she has done to our society and our economic system because she has burned it to the ground. But I don't think that... Doesn't justify I, murder. No, 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 no. I'm so pissed because I cannot even begin to understand what's going on to that man's brain to actually point Ugh. a gun to her face and go to that measure to do something like that. Yeah, just when we think, you know, that we have it the absolute worst. Right? Thanks for that. What do they call that? Reality check. Reality check (laughs) from Argentina, yes. Now, If you want to vote out our lovely Secretary of Education, you can in November. Yes. I need to go in and do, like, I always forget, because we had a whole meeting at the food bank about, like, voter turnout in Oklahoma and it being, like, a shit show of non-existence. And I always forget, like... I don't know if you can do this in every state, but in Oklahoma, you can register or like request an absentee ballot, even if you're going to like vote in person. But then that way it reminds you like, oh, there's an election and you'll get in a ballot for like every election that year that is going on. And so it's a good way to remember that you need to vote and B gives you a chance to look at the ballot. (laughs) But you can look at the ballot anyway. All you have to do is go to the voter portal and you see a sample copy of your ballot right there. Yes, I just forget to do that, so then I forget that there's an election. Well, believe me, I'm going to be blabbering it all over the fucking radio this time. I'm not letting anybody forget. I don't think you can do that out here because they're gung-ho about they don't want to send you an absentee yes, ballot. See, and, and that's that's an issue yeah, that's a whole yeah, other thing. Yeah. yeah, And you have to have it yeah. notarized if you send it in, so it's like... And like have a note from your parents about why you need one. And yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Now that we've talked about all the angry things in the world, we need something fun. I got oh to be God. an actor this week. What? Oh, and that's that training nice. videos. Yes. I oh my was, God, that's hilarious. I played a patient in the uh, transport department training videos for the company I work for. Not for the hospital, but for the other company that I actually work for. And so every single new hire that takes their training as a transporter <laughs> is going to see me as the patient. <laughs> well, isn't that special? <laughs> Megan got her 15 minutes. Woo! Yeah, uh, Woo! We were signing yeah. autographs in our office. You know, you get them while you can. <laughs> Did you get to be like a difficult patient? Like no, she's Andrea like under the blanket. The <laughs> yeah, Andrea got to be like the difficult, not really even difficult patient. She was the one for like the patient observation, like the sitters and the sitters. It showed you how to like do a bad handoff. And so like the sitters were like talking to each other and like laughing and talking. And the patient, she got to be like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> like, <laughs> she really wanted to be more like mean in one of them. And the director was like, no, stick to the script. And she's like, okay. So here's, <laughs> here's a funny story about Casper. I actually did like a campaign with the, I don't remember if it was Crime Stoppers or what, what it was for domestic violence. Oh, I remember, remember that. Project Safe. Yeah. Project Safe. Yeah. So what we did is I made up my face to look like one big bruise, right? Mm-hmm. And there were people who thought my husband was a wife beater. 
Oh no! Because, because you were in of the commercial. It. Yeah. Oh, she was it's like, like in Joey. The and stuff. I was everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like Joey on Friends when he yes. ends up as like the the syphilis like the STD <laughs> guy on the ad. Exactly. He was the VD guy. <laughs> yeah, VD. That's what it was. Yeah. VD guy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of the Seinfeld episode where uh, Kramer, they were doing it for medical students, where the medical students would have to guess what, what they had. And they were all arguing because they, they wanted to be the gonorrhea <laughs> patient. I want gonorrhea. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, it's like probably the only time anybody's ever wanted gonorrhea, right? That'd be hard in like a small town too, where like everybody knows who you are and everybody knows. Yeah, in retrospect, it was a really strange choice. I, I guess I was just trying to help. Yeah. They asked me to do it and I'm like, okay. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you're that girl. Yeah. <laughs> don't they put like a subtitle like paid actress it's called ma- no i wasn't paid for it because it was volunteer because oh. it was, like, it was an i know it was non-profit yeah. so like dude i'm really good at makeup mm. actors yeah. are good at that yeah. sort of thing that's what we do we pretend and it did look yeah. great too and i gotta say the bruises were it, it looked very authentic yeah, yeah. she looked <laughs> And she had a woebegone look on her face. And oh, we gotta find that ad. <laughs> We've got to have... find that on the interwebs. I have no yeah. idea. That was back in the '90s. I have no idea even. Oh, we will find it. Oh God, I, I love this wee crap. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a job for a super sleuth, Vonnie. But she's not with us today because she, we gave her the day off. Bob probably has a copy of it somewhere. He was the one who coordinated that whole project. Oh, Lee, and, I... Well, the, 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 we had to do like where they transfer the patient from like the bed to the stretcher, like if they're taking them somewhere on a stretcher. And we had like the wrong, so we have two, like several different types of beds, but we had the wrong type of bed that, because it's like an air mattress. So it's got like divots in it because it changes and like kind of moves the patient, you know, so you don't get bed sores. Uh, well, when you're trying to move somebody from that bed to the stretcher without a board, like if you just try to pull them with the sheets, it's so wavy that you get like stuck. So don't tell me somebody threw you to the ground. No, it was close. <laughs> the patient rolls uh, off on camera. Yeah, yeah that's really well, good. In most hospitals, they use the slide. Most places use the slide board now because it's like helps your back and like you don't break yourself. But they were like, no, we have to do one without because not every hospital. And we're like, okay. So we went to like pull me. And I got stuck in the divot between the bed and the and the stretcher I because would totally we were, pay to see that. Oh, there's a blooper of it because we were all laughing. And you got paid to lay in bed all day. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I I saw a thing. Speaking of actors, you know, um, Sylvester Stallone just wrapped his movie shooting for yeah his TV it, series. Tulsa, Tulsa King is it or King? Yeah, of, King it's a Tulsa? series, isn't it? Yeah, Tulsa King. I think it's a series. I have no idea. I just know that he was complaining the whole time because so well, that too. He was like, I don't never need to go to hell because I've been there. It's Oklahoma. And (laughs) and then when he finished, he's like, that's the hardest job I've ever done in my whole life. I mean, in his defense, he was here when it was the hot. It was it hot. really was hotter be. than the center of the freaking sun. What about you, Carolina? Have you ever done any? Have you ever done any acting? 
or do no, you just want to? Or do you just want to direct? But while I was doing my practices to become a nurse in one of the hospitals, they were shooting a really well-known Argentinian show, TV show. So I got to see one of the actors who is really handsome. <laughs> so yeah, and so I was kind of fine guarding because he's really popular here. Uh. Couldn't get a picture with him, but he gave me a hug. So it was like, <laughs> we had visitors like That's popping awesome. their heads out of rooms because they were like, what's going on? Like, what are you guys filming? Is this like Grey's Anatomy? And we're like, we are not that cool. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Megan being on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Maybe no. Scrubs though. Maybe. <laughs> well, I, was just, I was an extra in Bella Thorne's movie that they filmed here like three years ago. Wow. You can see me for like 0.5 seconds. And believe me, the- she'll show you the exact moment in the movie that she's in it. I can. I mm. sure can. It's quick, though. You got to be quick on the pause button. I've never That's heard of being, that movie. Being an extra is a well, pretty thankless job. Oh, I yes. Mean, it, it's a lot of long hours for, you know. Yeah, we were out there for like eight. Of fame. Yeah, we were out there for like eight hours in the summer Oklahoma heat. And the scene, the whole scene in the movie is maybe two minutes at max. And all she did was walk out of the, well, it's the, actually the Guthrie post office, but it was a bank in the show. And she walked out of the bank to the end of the sidewalk. And that's the whole scene. And it took us eight hours. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. They were all talking about that at work. They're like, oh my God, like takes so long. I was like, yeah, guys, this is why movies are so fucking expensive to make. And you know, because Megan is flush with success in her new role. We're going to allow her to give her review first. <gasps> oh, the pressure. Megan, speechless. Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm not prepared. Let me get my book. Where is my fucking book? Oh, here it is. <laughs> so a lot of people have watched the series on this book, myself being one of them. So then, of course, we had to go back and read it and review it because we would be amiss if I did not review a YA book that had been turned into a very successful series. I am reviewing The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can also enjoy all the pretties in The Summer I Turned Pretty. So this is the first book. There's three in this series. And it follows uh, Belly, who is Isabel, but she goes by Belly. And her mother... And her mother's best friend and her two boys always vacation uh, at Cousins Beach every summer since the dawn of time. They've gone there. So Belly's kind of grown up with Conrad and Jeremiah, and they're kind of like her brothers. But she's always, as they've gotten older, she's always had a crush on Conrad, always. And he's two years older than her. And her and Jeremiah are either a year apart or the same age. I can't remember, but they're all very close in age. And so Conrad's kind of always been her first love. Like that's who she wanted to be with. And as they've gotten older, you know, she's never really, like everyone knows that she likes Conrad, but just no one really talks about it. And then of course, this is the summer she's turned into like, you know, she's kind of blossomed into a young lady instead of just that like little girl. She fills out her swimsuits now and she got taller and she just, you know, she it's the summer she turned pretty. So all of a sudden, People are noticing her and she's feeling like, oh, wait, guys, like, are interested in me? This is weird. I don't know what's happening. And it just follows her summer 
of, you know, longing for Conrad. And then like Jeremiah starts flirting with her and she kind of is like, does Jeremiah like me? Like, should I like Jeremiah instead of Conrad? I don't know. And then she meets um, Cam Cameron at- Oh, cripes, really? His name is Cam Cameron, <laughs> yes. Or maybe he is Cam, maybe he's Cameron and he goes by Cam and they just call it like Jeremiah is being an asshole. So he keeps calling him Cam Cameron. He, Jeremiah is being petty. Uh, so she meets Cam Cameron at a bonfire on the beach and they kind of start hanging out, which then, you know, all of a sudden Jeremiah and Conrad are feeling some kind of way about that. So you spend a lot of the book trying to decide, are they, do they feel protective of her or do they feel jealous that she's dating someone else? And it's super cute. I'd say it's a younger YA book. It's only like 250 pages and it goes and just kind of follows the story of them all growing up together and what it means now that they're teenagers and interested in the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever, uh, depending on the, the show plays a little bit more with sexuality of some of the characters than the book did, uh, which is fun. I, I liked it in the show. I don't think it changed the outcome of anything storyline wise. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. The show uh, for me, they added some stuff to the show that may be in some of the later books, or it might've just been Jenny Han being able to be like, Hey, you know what we should do to really spice this up. Let's just add a little bit more like depth. Uh, but overall, I would say the movie or the show to the book was pretty accurate. I loved the casting because as I was reading it, I was like 100% they got this casting right, which was good. Because I hate when you watch a show first and then read the book and the characters are complete opposites of what the, how they're described. Like as soon as she described Jeremiah, I was like, absolutely, they cast the right person. He fit him to a T. And it talks about the relationship with the mothers there's some secrets that one of the mother is mothers is keeping from everyone. So you go throughout the book kind of knowing there's something going on in the background with the adults. Uh, it kind of comes to a head towards the end of the book and probably will come in into the other books as well. What do you call this a uh, coming of age book as well? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A coming of age book. Uh, just kind of finding yourself and deciding like, you know, is that first love really the person that I love or is it because he's just the person that I've always loved kind of situation. And all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, people are paying attention to me. Oh, there's other boys in the world than Conrad. I had no idea, <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend it. I think I gave it four stars. I maybe have even given it three. Did I give it three? I gave it three because I wanted more, but there are two other books. If I hadn't seen the show first, I probably would have gone four stars but I wanted like more. I was like, give me all the things. So they're probably in the last two books as well. I get why if I had read this as like a 14 year old, I get why people are obsessed with it. Because if you read it at the age of the characters, you would have been like, oh my God, it's like a dream. Like the brothers both like, it would have just been like a 14 year old <laughs> me would have eaten it up. I would have been all over it. And I still am, I still love it, but I get why when people are talking about oh my god my 14 year old soul is dying because this series just came out i get it <laughs> i can understand it i'm gonna read the second one and the third one because i have time and they're fairly short i think they're all about 250 pages so they're pretty quick reads and that is the summer i turned pretty by jenny han awesome thank you megan i <laughs> almost didn't die during your review <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was funny megan i love you <laughs> <laughs> I know why you thought it was funny. 
<laughs> Carolina, because you're our guest, okay. you get to go next. But first, before, before you tell us about your book, why don't you tell us what city you're from and maybe tell us a couple of interesting things that you can think of that we might be really stoked about if we visited you in Argentina. I'm in the province of Neuquén. The city is San Martín de los Andes. It's a very touristy city. So that's very important because the economy of the city depends on it. We have a ski center around an hour away from the town. So in winter, we have a lot of surrounding tourists that come from Chile or Brazil or other countries of Latin America to ski. Mm. Do you ski? I used to when I was younger. I don't do now because I'm really out of shape. <laughs> and so we have really good chocolate. So Ooh, chocolate. Cool. <laughs> that's a big that's a big draw for us. Well, how about yes. the, how about the rocks? You got any rocks there? Yes, you would love it. We have very beautiful trails in the mountains you can walk walk through. Beautiful scenery. So I think Martha will really enjoy it. And we have really short trails for those sort of, of us who don't do physical activities <laughs> and we don't die in the process. <laughs> in the summer, we have really beautiful beaches to Ooh. swim in the lake. So come here in the whole year. It doesn't matter if summer or winter, the scenery here is beautiful. How big a city is it? It is quite big. It's getting bigger because of people from the capital, Buenos Aires, want to fly away from the crazy people. So, <laughs> Which is why you left Buenos Aires, huh? Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know the precise number of habitants we have, but it's getting bigger. Well, you're an excellent ambassador because it sounds delightful. I really hope one day we can meet and I will be your tour guide. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We just need to get yeah. super famous and super rich and then we'll come visit. Yeah. <laughs> or one of us needs to marry a billionaire. That'd right. work too. Get on uh, which that. Which pretty much leaves me and you. I was going to say, get on it, Megan, because <laughs> the rest of us are already, you and, you and Vani. Yeah, you're our only hope. Okay, tell us about what book you chose this week. This week, I chose a different route from what I usually read. I read The Taster by B.S. Alexander. We follow the story of Magda Ritter. She's a young lady in Germany in 1943. And as the bombings start on her city in Berlin. Her parents decide to ship her away to a small town where the, her uncles live so she would be safer. Her uncle works in the police and he has a really high rank inside the police in Bavaria. So that's where she's living. And because she's young, she has this duty to her country to be useful, to marry, and give Germany kids. Oh, and man. So because she doesn't have a profession, her uncle decides that she's going to help her having a job. And because of his connections, she ends up being a personal tester for Hitler. 
<gasps> because Ooh. this was the period where he was really paranoid that he could be poisoned by either an ally who infiltrated his ranks or someone who didn't want him in command anymore. So we follow her story through all the experiences she has in this really awful job. She marries a captain in the ranks of Hitler, and they talk about the difference, different ways they can take Hitler from power, because there are some Germans that didn't want him to stay in power because it was a disaster what he did in the country. And they always run this public campaign that they were winning the war when in reality they were losing and the country was devastated because of the bombing, because Mm -hmm. of the economy. So they were doing this whole propaganda that they were winning, they were great, but they all knew that he was lying. And they tell you what the inner circle of the Fuhrer did to give him out. It was really interesting, even though the author claims that this is inspired by an interview he read online and he did his research. It's fiction and he really wants to make people aware that we don't have to repeat history. Can you imagine having to be a tester for Hitler? Golly. So that was her biggest fear. Like the meal she was testing could be her last and not being able to see her husband or her family ever again. And she couldn't tell her family what she was doing, even though everyone said it was the greatest honor. So mm-hmm. it was, it is really well written. It gives you the creeps when it has to, and it keeps you invested to know what is going on, because obviously where she she's in the Alps, so she's kind of sheltered from the whole from the rest of the country and she doesn't know to which extent everything is getting or in which extent the war has destroyed the country so when she actually sees what's going on in her country she's really surprised and that motivates her even further to take out the future it's too bad Vonnie's not here man she would love this book <laughs> yeah that's so up her alley I don't know if she would she would like it that much because it has a romance element into the book to soften the well she's not Martha the... she doesn't mind yeah romance. she's not me she'd be Martha okay would. with it yeah but she's a tin even... man over there she might <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good book as I said before uh, the author based his whole book in the interview by Margot Walk. She was actually a real tester for Hitler, and she gave a few interviews to actually educate people on the horrors that happened in Germany during before World War II. And he did his research not to, to be as accurate as he could while writing fantasy or writing fiction without screwing up history really bad. <laughs> So it was really good. The book was The Tester by B.S. Alexander. That sounds interesting. (laughs) It does sound really interesting. Do they still use testers? Do people test food for... Oh, I bet Putin does. I bet he does, too. I bet the North Korean guy does, too. I wonder if Trump ever did. 
He seems, I wouldn't be surprised. He seems like the kind of guy who would use a tester. Yeah. I feel like they probably all, they might have someone like assigned as a tester, but I bet you all diplomats at some point, well, depending on, I guess, who they are, like on on foreign soil. Yeah, like the, like if they're uh-huh. on on trips or whatever, I would think that yeah. that would be yeah. really yikes. probably not uncommon. I honestly can't imagine somebody going into Mar Mar-a-Lago or whatever and dousing his food, though. I mean, well, I could imagine people wanting to. I know that. Oh, he was, I can imagine people yeah. wanting to. I know that he was really paranoid about not eating things that I mean, like he would only eat from random restaurants because they didn't know it was. For him that he was coming yeah. yeah i mean i could see people spitting in his food an awful lot <laughs> or putting other bodily fluids in his food it's the creamy filling <laughs> some secret service agent or somebody like they, that they lost oh, the rock you, paper scissors that day yeah some poor, <laughs> yeah. some poor patsy has to sample the Big the Big Mac every day. Somebody somebody drew the short straw that day. <laughs> They're like, damn it! All right, let's switch over. Keith, what do you got? I don't know how to follow conversations about okay. weird stuff and burgers. Are people eating food in your book? <laughs> yeah, I just read a really good romance without any political intrigue or taste testing or anything in it. Okay. Uh, the book I read this week is The American Roommate Experiment by Elena Armas. And this will come out September 6th on Tuesday. And I want to thank Megan from Atria Books. It's almost a little embarrassing because I loved this author's book, her debut book that she wrote last year so much that I, I went to this this poor person that works at Atria. And I was like, hi, um, I don't know how to say this. I really, really want this book. Please, please send me this book to read early because, oh my gosh, please. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Basically, the extent of my fangirling went into this email and Megan very kindly sent it to to me to review. So thank you to her, because I'm not kidding when I said I was dying to read this book. So Elena Armas wrote the Goodreads. What is that? People's Choice. She was the winner of the debut author last year. Oh, I knew I I knew that name sounded familiar. So yeah, she and she's she's huge on book talk and bookstagram and you know all those fun things that I love to to follow. Uh, so this book is about Rosie and uh, she lives in New York and she is in her apartment and the ceiling collapses and almost falls right on top of her. Oh my! So we find out very quickly that she needs a place to stay. And uh, her best friend, her name is Lena, and she just got married and went on her honeymoon. So she knows that her friend Lena's got her uh, studio apartment available and she has the keys. So she kind of just decides, you know, my friend isn't going to be, be using it, so it's fine. And the first night she's there, she hears somebody scratching around on the doorknob. And of course, you're freaked out. You're a single woman in New York. So she's calling 911. But at the same time, she's like talking to the guy that's outside of the door 
because he can hear her calling 911 and he's trying to explain <laughs> to her call, not don't to. Don't call 911. It's, it's I'm, I'm safe. I'm not a creep. Basically, yes. <laughs> and so not she's talking to 911. She's talking to the guy at the door and she learns that he is Lena's cousin. Lena's whole family is in Spain. So he's come over from Spain and he needs a place to live. And Lena told him he could stay there. So he also has keys and he's just been trying to get into. So, I mean, imagine somebody's trying to get into the apartment you're sleeping in with keys. Uh, and they figure all the, I mean, what a meet cute, right? So they figure right. all that out. But there are two of them and it's this studio apartment. So... We've got forced proximity because they're both staying in this studio apartment. There's only one bed. Of course. Um, they work on their friends first. So it's a friends to lovers. It's got all the really good tropes in it. Rosie's issue throughout the book is that she had this amazing job as an engineer and she quit her job to become a romance author. <laughs> he wrote one really successful book and published it and got an advance for another book. And now she has this awful writer's block and the book is due in eight weeks. So she pretty, she, and I mean, she's in touch with Lena. And so she and her bestie kind of decide the reason she's got so much writer's block is because she hasn't dated in two years. And she doesn't really even remember what romance is supposed to be. So Lena says to her, to Rosie, she says, why don't you just go out on dates? I mean, you can think of it as an experiment. You just want to go on four dates with somebody and, you know, go through all the stuff and maybe you'll get inspiration. And Lucas, our friend who is living with her, offers to be guinea pig. So now we have fake dating too. Yay! <laughs> God, they were, she really did put all of them in there, didn't she? Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's just a whole lot of fun. It is a slow burn, so don't expect them to be get getting together anytime soon in the book. It takes oh. a long time. But means- there's all sorts of flirting and innuendo, and they mess around thinking about how they like each other for a long time, and it's just a lot of fun. And if you, if you liked her other book, which was The Spanish Love Deception, you will really like this one, too. Uh, it's more of the same amazing awesomeness it just left me happy and that again was the american roommate experiment by elena armas it does sound like she poured all her favorite tropes <laughs> into a book and it sounds amazing carolina yeah, is your audience really on this one she really likes the yeah. spicy novels i know yeah. and we we're coming up here and we learned this i forgot to mention that the reason that we know Carolina at all is because, did I say this about our Friday night calls? You mentioned During the it. pandemic, we did Zoom calls and left them open to anybody. And Carolina was one of the ones that we met that time. So, hey. I must admit now on the podcast that the Friday calls really helped me, especially when last year I was going through hell with my mom. These lovely ladies helped me so much. So <laughs> once again, thank you so much. Aww, we love you anytime. too, baby. Okay, time to switch gears again. And this this day, I'm not reviewing a book because we already have four. So Pat is going to take the last slot today. And I've got a book that I think that Martha would enjoy. Yes. It's, 
It's one that crosses over two genres. The shell of it is a sci-fi book, but there's a mystery inside. Let me start with the title. The book is called Constance, like the name, not like Constant Reader or anything, but Constance by Matthew Fitzsimmons. And he had a note at the end of the book that I think provides an intriguing way to look at it. He said, I found myself thinking, what would happen if a person had to investigate their own murder? And that's been done a couple of times in other books and movies and TV shows where like someone knows that they've been given a poison and they're gonna die in 12 hours or 24 hours. And so they're investigating their own murder. But his twist on it is that the person investigating the murder is a clone of the murder victim. Whoa, that's yeah. awesome. You're right. I would totally read that. <laughs> yeah, that's <sounds> good. <laughs> uh, the setup that uh, happens, Constance, uh, who is just known as Con to her friends, is a young woman, uh, early 20s. She is a rock and roll guitarist. And she was the guitarist for an up and coming band that was expected to make it big when they were in a horrible car accident. A couple of band members died. She was left alive. The one who, a uh, band member who was also her boyfriend has been in a coma ever since. And this has been like a year and a half, two years in the past. Khan is also the niece of the woman who perfects human cloning. And there, therein comes the sci-fi element of this book. It's set in the near future. I think it's about 2040 or so. Cloning, human cloning has been perfected, but it is something that is only available to the very, very wealthy because it costs 25, 30 million dollars to Damn. have a clone made of yourself. And there are certain rules that are in place that Two clones, you cannot have two of the same person existing at the same time ever. So the way that cloning happens is that if you have this money, they will grow a copy of your body and it's held in stasis. It's unconscious. It's like a blank slate. And every month you have to go in and they do what they call a refresh in which they copy your consciousness, your memories, all of your mind. And you have to have a fairly up-to-date copy of that for the clone to be able to be activated and have all of that information downloaded into it. So you're supposed to go in once a month. Because Khan is the niece of this woman who invented the process, she's been gifted a clone by her aunt. Yeah, so that's, a cool, like the, that's a cool aunt right there, man. She's, well, there, there <laughs> are expensive gifts. There are some, the, the aunt is estranged from the rest of the family and Khan thinks that she did this, that she gifted all of them with the offer of a clone. And she thinks it's basically a way that the aunt was saying, hey, up yours to the rest of the family because I'm the person who can do this. And you know. But Khan has accepted anyway. So she makes her downloads. And at the beginning of the book, she's going in to have one of these refreshes run and then shortly after the book starts, she wakes up and she's, oh, this is like I always do after a refresh, except I feel a little different. I feel funny, almost hungover. Well, you come to find out that our narrator at the start of the book was Khan, the original. Here, a chapter or so in, it's the clone of her. She's been awakened and Whoa. had consciousness downloaded. 
but there are a couple of things wrong. For one thing, every person who has a clone has like a bio tracker inserted in them. So if they die, their clone is automatically activated. So she's like, A, if I'm awake, that means the original of me is dead. And she has not run a refresh in a year and a half. Uh-oh. It's an old copy of her that's been uploaded. And there are possible physical and mental disturbances that come with using too old a copy. And she quickly finds out that for some reason, they've saved this old copy of her. And that in that year and a half that she doesn't remember because a refresh wasn't made, apparently Khan got over the the boyfriend in a coma, met somebody else, got married and moved to another city. And she's like, she's like, what happened to me? How did, and she sets out to try and track it down. Whoa. And there are some, there's some interesting things like cloning. And this sounds very like our current political climate on a different topic. Cloning has been made completely illegal in some states. For example, she starts out in Washington, D.C., and her original, she found out, had moved to Richmond, Virginia. But clones don't dare to get go into Virginia where they are regarded as, as property rather than human beings. And so killing them doesn't incur any sort of... It, the criminal charge it brings you is destruction of property, not murder. Holy not crap. Assault. Yeah. So there are, yeah, there's some political ideas in there. There is a twist. And I have to say it was a twist that I was able to see coming, but it's still a good story. It's still a pretty darn, and it doesn't tie up in as, it, everything doesn't tie up in a neat bow, as uh, Martha would say. So it's, <laughs> There are some open-ended things at the end, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a clever idea. It was an intriguing idea. And Khan is, she's a crappy character. She's gone through some hard times and knows that she has to stand up for herself because nobody else will. So she's very assertive about taking care of business. Something else I found interesting in this book was that every time that character was introduced, even say, a, a passing somebody that you just meet for a page or two and then they're gone, the author would usually mention their race just in passing. She saw a white woman came into the store to buy something. Khan herself is of mixed race background. Uh, I think it was an attempt to just not have people assume that if someone's ethnicity is not specified, that they're probably white. So I think that he was taking steps to say to every time a character was introduced to just make that. Just take it off the table. Yeah. Typical part of the introduction is to mention that so that you're not lured into the trap that a lot of us are of assuming that the ethnicity of people we read about is what ours is. Yeah. And that's true. You do automatically sort of. Mm -hmm. Unless you're specifically reading a story that's maybe set in a different ethnic group. But but I thought that was just a just an interesting little hmm. twitch in his writing style. <laughs> but other, I mean, I enjoyed his style. It was clear and, and things moved along quickly. And it was a, an intriguing read. And again, that was Constance by Matthew Fitzsimmons. This book really sounds good. You sold me, but I will oh. be checking it out. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the audio cop in our library. I guess I'll have to wait. Dang it. <laughs> It sounds awesome, though. I've read a lot of books about clones. Mm -hmm. And, 
Usually they do a pretty good job of keeping it interesting. So I love that. There are days when I wish I had a clone. It's a fascinating topic. One of my favorite TV series was Orphan Black. Oh I my love God, Orphan I love Black. Yeah. Orphan Black is so get, good. I, I, I didn't have cable to finish watching it. So I think I missed like the last season or two, but I loved Orphan Black. You know what? Yeah, About was... the time that she turned right. into a guy, I lost the thread at that point. But she did an amazing job oh, of yeah, creating she... all those different characters. Uh, Tatiana yep. Maslany yeah. is like a goddess of acting. She is yeah. so good. She was good in that other series that I watched recently and I can't remember the name of it. But She's she was... also the new She-Hulk if you watch Marvel movies. No, I and don't get me started <laughs> on this freaking, freaking <laughs> She-Hulk bullshit. I am so over this whole Marvel thing. Come on, do something fucking unique. We, Just for once have, in your life. We've talked about why Marvel has a stronghold more than one occasion. No, on my problem topic. isn't with Marvel itself. My problem is that in order for something to be successful in this world, it's got to be familiar why can't we have an awesome kick-ass female character that's not related to another thing going on not no mrs superman or mrs spider-man Marvel girl mrs Mrs. yeah miss marvel miss marvel wasn't real she was come on she helped give me a freaking break hey if it makes you feel better she hulk also doesn't like she hulk well, no. She because... makes a whole big fuss about it in the second episode. She's like, do we really have to stick with this? Like, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm just completely going to be, get off my lawn over this. I, I just, <laughs> no. I'm not freaking doing it. I'm going to be a grumpy old woman and I want to see something unique. I don't want the same old bullshit. Make her Well, I mean, lawyer... it is from like the 50s and 60s. Yes, but my whole point is, why do we keep doing this? There are so many. No, but what I'm saying is there are so many amazing, cool, unique characters out there. And here we go again with the same old bullshit. Come on. Because obviously they bring them money and that's all they care about. I mean, do you really want to go down the rabbit hole of why she doesn't have her own movie and why she got relegated to a series? No, I'm not interested in any of that. Fire star. I'm just No, I'm no, I'm not I'm saying it's because historically speaking, Marvel female lead movies do not box off as well. Don't care. And uh, I'll just no. keep naming women that don't have anything to do with there are no, so I'm, many I'm amazing more, eh? no what i'm saying is there's so there many really are a lot martha <laughs> no i'm not talking about the comic book bullshit i'm talking about new, something completely new come people on people are lazy martha it's easier for them to take a comic book and turn it into a movie than it is to pay someone that has a new voice people go to see what's familiar because it feels good they can just fuck right off. Just saying, there's so many good stories out there. People need to stop being so... Yeah, we have bookshelves full of them. They can pick yeah. some. <laughs> Why do you think I get so worked up over it? Because I've read so many incredible stories and that never happens with that. Before we get too far, all of the stuff that we just talked about is getting cut. But if you're a Patreon member then you can find out what we just talked about. Oh, you did. So in order to be a Patreon member, go to our Patreon account. 
search three book girls and get on it so that you can get the behind the scenes fun stuff we talk about that doesn't make it to the podcast and you know you'll love it that is such a tease of course it is that's a whole freaking point now i also want to talk about our upcoming live event and half will be here yes i know i'm so stoked as as, as long as the airlines cooperate i'm already like freaking out about all these stories yeah you'll be fine, <laughs> It'll be fine. Like, i start flying the day before should i have started two days before or three should I? <laughs> nah, you'll be fine are you going to do a facebook live yes we are we've got a new Yay! we've got a new camera with a thingy on it that i bought that we're going to do especially for facebook live that we don't have to worry about whether it's going to work or not so vonnie and i are going to full circle tomorrow to test our new gadget and going to do a video in the bookstore. But we want to remind everybody that our group read, you can still squeeze over to Full Circle, get that bo- that group read, and join us for the live show. If you don't live locally, the, the live read is, Pat? The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin. Don't... Start of feminist sci-fi. So if you haven't read it yet, then, you know, join us for the discussion afterwards if you don't want to read it that's cool too because we'll have four reviews for you that mm-hmm. night of different types of books that you can just be with us and enjoy have a beer whatever hang out because full circle's awesome and you're gonna love it and we would love to see you besides. i'm really August. looking forward to seeing it it just looks it looks like such a cool place from what i've seen on the, the other videos of live events it really is a cool bookstore september 24th at 7 p.m and afterwards, we'll go do uh, an after party. I think we're going to do S&B's Burger Joint, which is freaking awesome. The they place that Vonnie's always talking about that where you put peanut butter on, on sweet potato fries. That sounds amazing. Yes, it is amazing. Megan's making a face. She doesn't like anything, though. That's true. And Keith made a face, too. See, it wasn't just me. I like things. <laughs> but not peanut but not butter on whatever. Sweet potato fries. Want to remind everybody that you need to let us know if you're going to be coming so that we can make arrangements to make sure you know where to hang out with us because we love it when people travel. And it'll be the <laughs> first time that Pat gets to see my house in all yeah. these years. Martha. Wow. So excited. Can you open? Can you open me a portal so I can go to your live event? You know, um, I've I've been working on the teleportation software that will be needed for that, but unfortunately it's not quite perfected yet, Carolina. You'll be the first to know when I get that sucker. We just need the the Malfoy cabinet from Harry Potter. We just got to test it a few times. No, that was a little on the sketchy side. I'm a little worried about that thing. Or the transporter from Star Trek. Just yes. beam her in. Yeah. Just beam I kind of like Scotty. that idea a little better. I can make this room into a transporter. You think? Yeah. yeah. I, sure. I don't know the English word, but we need those things from Harry Potter that they use to to travel from one place to another. Oh, oh. The, the flu powder? The flu powder? The yeah. uh, No, oh. flu powder? I don't have the- a... The chimney, so <laughs> what are they? it doesn't oh, work. They appar- oh, when they apparate. apparate. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Disapparate and apparate. No, yeah. no it's apparate. <sighs> because you appear awesome on a plate. Argument that is. I have no idea. I'm just 
Definitely I'm just riffing. Apparate. I'm just riffing, Megan. Riffing. You're riffing <laughs> incorrectly. It's apparate. Now, if you'd like to see the cat fight that happens after this, just become a Patreon member so that you can get all the inside bitchiness. Nice. I feel like the Sylvester Stallone quote has been so like so out of context because like we all know he was like if you read the whole thing, it's him talking about how hot it was. But the the quote that everyone picked up on was clickbait was I don't have to know like now that I've been to Oklahoma, I will know what hell feels like. I feel like that can be taken so many different ways. Yes, it certain, certainly could. We'll just get him yeah. a fireman suit next time he comes. And that's what I don't miss about Buenos Aires is the extreme heat of uh, summer. What's the heat like there? What does it get to be? In its highest peak is 30 degrees Celsius. I don't know, in Fahrenheit. Echo. What is 30 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 30 degrees Celsius is 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, shit. We got, we got to beat. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It was yeah. 110, 111 here this year. That, and That's like 40 something. Yeah. It's 90 like, here today. This is hotter than the surface of the sun here in Oklahoma. <laughs> any, any other Firestein <laughs> Theater fans here? Firestein Theater's... <laughs> I forget which one of their albums, but they had three towns in the desert and they would do the uh, weather report. And it was always, it's hotter than Hooter and Heater and hotter than Heater and Helmet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> say that really fast, Pat. Seashells, sea, she, I can't even say it once. <laughs> seashells, seashells by the seashore. Say it again, Pat, seriously, fast as you can. It's hotter than Hooter and Heater and hotter than Heater and Hellmouth. And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.